Jesse Douglas Smith McGraw, and this is What Moves You with Jesse. I'm a transformative coach on a mission to share an understanding of how our minds work that challenges how we react to life and our thoughts. I love to share stories and common sense ideas that empower you to take charge of yourself in a way that brings immediate and profound change. What I know to be true is that we are all innately healthy and doing our best with the thinking we have available to us on a moment-to-moment basis. And waking up to this will change what moves you. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to What Moves You with Jesse. Today, we have my dear friend and sister from another mister, Arlene Deradorian. She has been by my side since I was 12 years old. Holy crap. (laughs) When we found each other in dance class all those moons ago, and we took the big leap to move to Los Angeles together at 18 years old. Nearly 20 years later, the work Arlene is doing is incredibly important in helping humans find their well-being, and she knows with all certainty how impactful it is for others because it changed her own life. She is a somatic practitioner, helping people gain more understanding of what it feels like to be in their body, or as she says, helping people learn the language of their own body so they can become less afraid of their emotional experience and have self-awareness that can lead to more freedom and autonomy over their life, no matter their circumstances. I'm incredibly proud of my dear friend, as you'll be able to tell at the beginning of the episode when it takes a couple minutes to get my words out. (laughs) But I'm so thrilled to share her with all of you. Without further ado, here is Arlene Deradorian. Hi, Arlene. Hello. (laughs) It's so fun to have you on. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yes. (laughs) So um, I have shared with folks in the intro about our sisterhood (laughs) (laughs) because it's beyond friendship at this point. There's no word for it at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it has been before, before I get into before we get into this interview, um, woo. <laughs> already, already. <laughs> uh, what's it like to be so tuned, Jesse? <laughs> it has been so, of course, we've known each other for, for like most of our lives and it has been such, um, such a, uh, it's been such a gift in my life to watch your life unfold. Thank you. Wow. Um, because it is, you know, something that I have always admired in you. And I know that this is a part of our friendship that has Jesus Christ, get it together, Jesse. <laughs> You're doing fine. <laughs> I feel like this is already normal. Like we just talk like this anyway. So I'm just like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But um, something that I have always admired in you since we were tiny kids and that I know you have had a huge impact and influence on my life with is, um, you know, you've always been in such a flow of and maybe you've experienced it differently, but me watching your life objectively, this is how it feels. This <laughs> is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> it has been, um, you know, you've always really honored feeling into things. And when something doesn't feel right, like I'm kind of thinking more career wise right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you've done this in many different ways, but you know, career wise, you know, it's like, there's, you've, you've, 
always been such kind of this open conduit to what is present with me now. What, what interests me? What am I curious about? What do I, what do I really want to do with my life? What do I love? Mm. And there's been such this beautiful flow of feeling into things and honoring when you're kind of done with something, when you're ready to move on with something. And this, this work that you're doing now that I was so like I knew, and I just knew that I wanted to bring you on to have you share with um, all of the listeners about what you are doing. Cause it's just so incredibly helpful for people. And so, um, so important for people to start to become aware of inside of their own bodies and can be so helpful for healing and for just one, a million things. But, you know, the reason why I wanted to bring you on for this is it just feels different. It's like, you know, I've always really loved, loved that part of you that, that truly just honors what feels right. And this time I feel like something has clicked in a way where you feel like your insides are now matching your outsides, as I like yeah. to say. Yeah. Like, like you have found something that is really purpose driven, that is in total alignment with your own soul. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from when you find something that has helped heal you. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's how I found my work, right? Is that it helped heal me first. And then I thought, oh my God, I have to share this with the world. Yes. Same. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's just, it's truly, I, I'm, I can't convey to you how grateful I am that I've had the opportunity to be a witness to your life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Same for me to you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Um, a hummingbird just came right across my back window. Of course it did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then truly that it's, it is such an honor that you would be feeling ready and open to share this with everybody who tunes into this podcast. Cause I know that it's going to be so helpful. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Wow. I couldn't have asked for a better, more heartfelt intro. Thank you so much. I'm like juiced up right now. <laughs> Here we go. I told you, you didn't have to think of anything. We just got to get together and see what comes up. I didn't even think of any of that. Uh, um, so so to get started, um, I would really love for you to share. So I haven't actually said it here. You know, you are a somatic practitioner. So mm -hmm. can you share with everyone, share with us, what is a somatic practitioner? What is that? What does that even mean? Yeah. So literally the definition of somatic means of the body. Um, there's a lot of different ways that people bring somatic work into healing or therapy or just a presence, a practice of presence, if you will. Um, for my particular work, I'm doing sort of like a, a guided meditation session. That's what, how I like to describe it to people. We sit across from, I sit across from my client. Um, I guide them through some grounding exercises, which are, you know, utilizing different postures in the body that regulate your nervous system that kind of calm you down. And then they move on to a massage table on their back and I hold points on the base of their head. They're called the STO points. And um, this is sort of to like tune in and ground in the nervous system. And I can also get a sense of what they're experiencing. And then through them describing to me, what they're feeling in the body. So the felt sensation, I can sort of track with them where they are in their body, where, where their attention is, what it feels like in that place. And through this process, people will sometimes just come to know themselves better. It, it can be really subtle. It can be really moving. It just, everyone is so different. And so, you know, it can be on a spectrum of like, oh gosh, I'm feeling this pain in my shoulder. And now I'm remembering this fight I had with my brother and this must be why. And if they make that connection, that's true for them. And that can be something that helps them release the engine, re release the energy, not the engine, 
energy, tension, whatever it is. And, um, and to me, that is, that's the goal is to let a person feel. A lot of the time we say to feel is to heal. And so just these subtle practices to help people get in their body and realize, oh, here I am. Here's, here's a sensation I'm having. Here's a story I might've tied to it, right? You talk a lot about story in three principles because what we're essentially trying to reach is the belief system and helping a person see how they've been thinking about themselves and their life. And if that is limiting, they can change it if they want, you know? So that it's hard to sum the work up. There's so many little pieces, but. um, No, that's fantastic. So um, I'll come back around to kind of getting into more detail about it, but first I want to go back to your experience of it. So what is it? um, What drew you to somatic work? Was it so, did you, did you happen to get a session yourself and find it? Yes, go ahead. Yes, I did get a session myself. I had been trying a lot of different modes of therapies, actually. Um, I was trying kinesiology, just traditional talk therapy. I was kind of looking for a feeling. And um, my yoga teacher, my dear friend, Amanda, is a practitioner of this particular work and told me about it. And I said, yeah, I'd love to try this. And I think we did maybe two or three sessions. And I was instantly moved and changed. I was like, oh, this is my thing. I need to, I need to learn it. And then I think it was maybe six months later, her teachers were teaching another course. And I signed up and just went all in. And now I'm certified. I'm now I'm helping teach the next round of students. I'm the teacher's assistant. I love it. It was incredible game changer for my life. What did this? So what did it tell us more so people can, you know, have a, get a sense of, of why this may be helpful to them. Mm -hmm. What did it, how did it, um, I appreciate what you said that you were looking for a feeling. So Mm -hmm. to me, that means that you had a, did you feel like you felt a bit disconnected from yourself or disconnected from your body or give us some more color about that? Yeah, I, I did feel disconnected from my body in certain ways. So I think, yeah, I think we're all so multifaceted, right? We have our strengths and weaknesses and um, to conceptualize something doesn't necessarily mean that we can feel it in the body. You know how they say like, it's nice to learn things by doing them. Yes. I found that that approach to even like abstract concepts that are living in our mind and our thinking, you kind of want, I personally wanted to feel them in my body. So to do something differently, I could imagine it, but I hadn't gotten to try it in real life, in person, in real time. And what this practice did for me was help me feel that. So, mm, gosh, I feel like I'm being really abstract and I want to kind of. Well, is there a specific. Throw it down. Is there a specific place or, or um, kind of subject in your life that, that you felt kind of discontinued, you know, not embodied around that you that you felt differently about? Yeah. Great question. That helps. Um, I was feeling and a pattern that I was in, in relationships. And I kept seeing this pattern play out. And I was like, huh, the common factor here is me myself. And if I want to change something, I can, I can figure it out, which, you know, I had that on my side. I've never been the kind of person that has thought I couldn't do something if I tried it or wanted to do it. Um, so I, but it was really puzzling. It was one of those things that I was like, huh, is this just like a personality thing or the pattern for me was that I felt like I'd give so much of myself and energy into any kind of relationship. It could have been romantic, friend, family, and I would go so beyond my limits and give so much more than I really could that I'd become resentful and then I'd shut down. And so I was doing all this work around exploring boundaries and being like, Oh, how much is too much for me? What does that feel like? 
What does saying no feel like in my body? What does saying yes feel like in my body? And what is it like when I say that in real time to a person (laughs) who wants something from me? You know, is it a no? Is it a yes? And can I deliver it? And then when I'm saying it, what do I feel like? What's, what's happening? And so these sensations would come up, you know, in a work setting, I was really, you know, a high performance employee of any work that I've done. I'd like to be really good at it and just like, you know, focus, <laughs> really focused, intense person, which I like that part of myself. Um, but it, I would push myself over the edge. And so I started practicing saying no or like giving myself little windows of time that I wouldn't go beyond for people. So, you know, if somebody called me outside of work hours in the past, I would have picked up and be like, Hey, yeah, what's up? Whereas I'd be like, Nope, not on the clock yet. Not answering this. Just a little one like that helped me start to feel into like keeping a boundary for myself. So that's a little example, but you can expand that into anything really. I don't know. So when you started to do the discovering in, in having this awareness of, so just so people know what we're talking about here, which I think we're, we're pretty darn clear, but just to be even more simple about it, mm-hmm. what you're saying to me, and I know you and I have discussed this sidebar yeah. off the podcast also, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like something that you have brought up to me about, like with, with my work is, you know, um, how else, how I kind of help people start to get an understanding of what it feels like in their body when they're listening to their stories in my, in their head, right? Like yes, body is your best friend letting you know, yes, it gives you alerts, you know, that you are up in story and mm-hmm. not listening to yourself. Right. And I, something that I thought that was really beautiful feedback from you one time was that you said, and I went, Oh my gosh, well, that makes sense is that you said, Jess, I think some people don't even know what that feels like. They don't even understand that stress in their body because they've adapted so much to that feeling of stress. They don't even know that their body's talking to them to say like, Hey, Hey, (laughs) you're in your head. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's a belief too, right? Is that we can get messaging from the body. I mean, some people will say, oh, I'm feeling a little under the weather. This must mean that I need to rest. And some people are like, oh God, I'm getting sick. This is terrible. This is so inconvenient. And I need to just push through it and go to work. And those are two different ways of interpreting the same signal. So um, what I like to help people do in session is just explore what it feels like for them. You know, we do a practice where I... I say, imagine you're this little balloon. I got this directly from one of my teachers and it's in your heart center in your chest and it's floating up. And I guide them through floating up and looking around in the sky and the neighborhood that they're in and then coming back into the body. And there's this very subtle awareness shift that happens where a person can feel what it's like to have their attention and awareness floating up a hundred feet above them or have it centered in the middle of their body. And just that tiny little shift can sometimes help a person differentiate. And then from there, you're like, oh, okay. So where are you right now? So what's the feedback that you get from people when they come back, when they come back, they bring the balloon back into their heart center. What, what do you, what do you notice personally as the practitioner? Like, like what, what did people, yeah. Funnily enough, I mean, maybe this isn't funny, but most people really have the same interpretation of it, which I find to be really interesting because a lot of the time people are wildly different in their interpretations, but to bring your awareness, like literally up like a balloon and then back, they feel it go up in the body and then back down. So they'll notice, Oh, I'm kind of in my head or I'm kind of like up in the clouds. Mm -hmm. And then when they come back in the body, they're like, Oh yeah, I'm in the chair. I'm in the room. I'm in my heart center. And just that little switch helps the person navigate because being dissociated or being in the body isn't necessarily a good or bad thing. It's just showing a person where they can go in and out. Yes. It's just like, Oh, are you out or are you in? Okay. What's that like for you? Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. Oh, I just, that's why I just get so excited about what you're doing because seeing that choice Mm -hmm. to me is what really, um, it's like that it's the big, it's that, that first step to kind of getting a more felt sense of being in story or not. Mm-hmm. And so when you see that you have a choice, cause to me, that's what you're giving people by kind of showing them, giving mm-hmm. this, giving them a visceral experience of what it feels like to be up in the mind or, you know, you know, yes, just up and up in there, up in story. And then, up, and then brought back down into their, into their body. Holy cow. Now they have a more of a sense of like, Oh, Oh, there's two places I can, I can be coming from, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And when you, when you, and the more you start to kind of see, okay, when I come back into my body, to me, that looks like an opportunity. It's and, and it's not a, an opportunity that has to be forced, but you know, when we're present, our mind so desperately wants to clear. And so when we, when we become more present, which is what naturally happens when you come back into your body, our mind is given the opportunity to clear. Yeah. And when our mind has the opportunity to clear, then we have all of our wisdom at our fingertips. Yes. So back to your own personal experience, once you started to kind of notice the I mean, I know what it's been like to be your friend and to see the difference. I I can feel and see the difference in. Oh yeah. It. But back yeah, to I your can, own experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From you know, so we can get the what's the what is that saying? You know, I'm so old timey with my sayings, straight from <laughs> the horse's mouth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell us what did it feel like in your body, or what did it feel like to in Arlene? Mm-hmm. Before having this information, what did, you know, I know it's a little, obviously it's in hindsight now, Yeah. but what did, what was your experience like as a human being before having this, um, this, this understanding of, about being in more embodied and mm-hmm. then after, can you kind of give us some texture around what that looks like? Yeah. The main thing that shift that like really deepened in me was my sense of trust in myself. And so, Ooh, that's giving me a little bit of tears, actually. Yeah. So the process itself to me took, it felt like it took about a year and a half from starting the work and doing the training and having to self-apply everything that we were learning. So I'm receiving sessions on a regular basis. I'm reading books. I'm going to classes every week, blah, blah, blah. But what before could have been a sensation of like tension or panic in my, say I had like tension in my chest and I'd be, and I'd notice it. I'd say before I had the understanding, I'd be like, oh no, something's wrong. And it would spin you out. It's been me out farther. Whereas now, if you get us, if I get a sensation, I'm trying to speak from the eye place because it gets too <laughs> wildly <laughs> abstract when you talk yeah. about the everything else. Yeah. And then now if I have a sensation in the body, I ask, I basically talk to it. Like, what do you want to tell me? What do I need to do? You gave me this one, which I still use all the time, asking myself out loud, what do I need right now? And instead of a a sensation in the body being something that needs to be analyzed and figured out and you're scared of it, it just becomes an indicator. Yes. It's like, oh, there's there's a feeling in here, pay attention to me. And then you do. And then you trust, and then I trust the knowing that I have around that feeling. So, you know, I'm trying to break it down, but, you know, rather than a attention in the chest to be a panic, attention in the chest means, hey, slow down, check in with yourself. And then that could mean I need to go get a drink of water. I need to sit down. I need to like feel my feet on the ground for a minute and just trust that my body will recalibrate if I just give it that little bit of time. And that was it. And that for me was life-changing because I could respond to myself in real time. You don't have this backlog of memories of like, oh God, last week at work, I was so panicky. And what must my boss think? And now you're thinking about seven days in the past 
and your body's all tight and you're kind of sweaty and you're <laughs> definitely not present. And maybe you're tensing your jaw and all of that. If, if I just took it as a sign to be like, oh gosh, you're really tight. You're really in your thoughts. Come back into the moment. And then I could breathe and sit. Is this kind of making oh, sense? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know what's so beautiful about it is that it's making me think of, well, two things. First thing is, is that um, it really gives, um, it all just makes so, so much sense to me because it, 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 it allows for space for you to, um, so I apologize for my clunkiness here. It's all, it's because I have so many words and no words all at the same time. <laughs> um, you know, you're giving yourself the opportunity to feel, to move through an experience of feeling um, and allow the body to come back into balance, which it always wants to do, yes. you know? Yes. Whereas when we are scared of our experience, you know, it's like, that's what Sidney Banks says right off the, right off the top of one of his main books is, um, if only people could learn to not be afraid of their experience, mm -hmm. that alone would change the world. Yeah. And that's it. Right. Is that, is that in, you know, that's what was so loud in me when you said that. Yeah. It's, you, you can resist something or you can just feel it. I think the fear comes from maybe, you know, maybe I, I personally didn't have a practice of letting myself feel it completely. I thought, Oh gosh, this is inconvenient right now. I can't really have a moment of feeling extremely stressed and take myself to another room and calm down or like, oh, I can't be sad right now. It's going to take too long. I think there was this scared feeling around the unknown of like, how long will it take? Where, where's it going to take me? What's it going to do to me? <laughs> Whereas if you just let it be, it, it seems to just rinse itself out in like seconds of time versus what we think it's going to be. Yes. Our I'm mind sorry. really wants to blow it out and be like, oh, this is going to be devastating for three days, whatever it's saying. And you're like, is it? And then I just explored it and I was like, oh, actually it's been like five minutes and I feel fine now just to sit with it. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's a big misconception of, of humans mm -hmm. is that we do end up having so much judgment and resistance to a feeling. Um, number one, probably because it does feel scary while we're in it. Yeah. And it we're, in, you know, that when we're real. in overwhelm and it's mm -hmm. so real, right. Mm -hmm. But man, it's like, that's, what's so beautiful about understanding the operating system inside, because then you, it's like, oh, I can, you, you can have some more understanding around, oh, I'm just having a really big feeling right now. Mm -hmm. And so when you're there, then, then you can sit next to it as opposed to be pushing it away, you know, and, um, and, and then, and then it's, it's so eye opening when you realize, just like you said, how, how we are built to move through and come back into balance. And when that happens, it takes, it takes the, uh, it begins to take the fear away, you know, every time, you know, practice makes permanent. So every time you kind of are willing to sit with it and let it, let it move through, it's like, oh, that wasn't too bad. And actually I feel a lot better on this side. Cause you really are allowed yeah. to process and heal in that. Yeah. And so giving I found that giving myself a practice of doing these sessions all the time, I was doing maybe one or two a month, letting myself have some breaks in between to integrate and process what you experience. But um, it was like practicing having feelings in a funny way. You go into this safe room with a nice person who has all these tools to help you understand what's happening and you just explore I, I always tell people it's like learning the language of your own body and your body will, is always fine. And the thing that I like to remind people is your body is 
no matter what, in present time. So if you are in a feeling in your body, you're in the present. If you are in a story, in a thought, you're probably in your head. And so to reconnect the physical to the, I guess, the thought world, the memory world, whatever we want to call it. Intellect. Yeah, it kind of lets you tie these things back together and come back into the present time and realize, oh, I was thinking about something that felt like, you know, when you're in a dream and you're like, oh gosh, that dream seemed like it was like a week long where it was probably like one minute. (laughs) That's what the mind makes us feel like. And so to practice coming in and out of things, everything has a beginning and an end. Yes. It's kind of, you know, you got to be a little brave to, to start. (laughs) which is whatever people can do little teeny bits at a time. I say just little, little steps and um, try it out. Just try it out what it feels like in your own body to not resist anything and not judge what comes up. Be like, Oh, I'm experiencing sadness or anger or tension or pain or like, joyful bliss or like laughter, all of that is part of the language and none of it is good or bad. It's just how we kind of want to look at it. It's perspective. So amazing. Yeah. It's, I found it to be after a while kind of fun because I'm like, Ooh, what's my body going to tell me today? And I go into a session, like, I don't know. I want to, I want to do a general exploration and just see what's coming up. And sometimes those would be my most exciting sessions. I would realize something about my patterns or my life that made so much sense all along. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And just knowing something means you're able to make a decision about it or change it if you want to. Or you can learn something new about yourself and say, I like that. That can stay as it is. Yes. 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 Yeah. You know, when you started to get teary about how you said, I trust, I feel like I can trust myself. Mm. That's been something that's been coming up for for that kind of peaked its head at me a little bit in the last couple of weeks, kind of a new insight that I've been realizing is, you know, we we throw the term around self-love so much these days, especially post 2020. <laughs> yeah. And it could get, you know, it's like, what does that mean? Does it mean bubble baths and meditation? Does it mean journaling? And does it mean, what does it mean? You know, and um, the other day I had kind of a realization that self-love equals trusting yourself. Because mm. the more that you start to, listen to your knowing and trust it and honor it. In my own experience, it has made me feel more and more sturdy in myself, no matter my circumstances. Yeah. Because, you know, again, just like you say, you know, just like we're saying practice makes permanent one step at a time, whether it's, you know, feeling into what do I want to eat that day or a quote unquote, big decision about my life. When you begin to kind of get that sense of feeling into something, which by the way, we all do all the time, all the time, (laughs) even to cross a room, to go from one side to the other side, we feel into it all the time to navigate. That's all of it. Yeah. We're not sitting here saying, Hey, go learn a new language. Just, I, that's, Beautiful how you say, learn the language of your own body, because it's like, it's already happening. Mm-hmm. You You're just, speaking. <laughs> yes, you are speaking, but to know what you are saying and what you want to say. Yeah. Is different. Yeah. 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 And so, and, and really, and it's so, um, it looks complex at first because we're so used to looking at the web in our head first and looking at that as logic. And the other day I was saying to a new client, cause she kept going, she kept saying she's been in therapy for really for years. You know, I actually, I don't know how many years, so I don't want, you know, I don't know how long, yeah. anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she kind of kept saying, she kept going through, uh, re- referring to her, her wisdom, her knowing as her knowing, and then her, 
her mind and, and her intellect as her logic. So it would make her very confused as to what am I supposed to listen to? Cause this idea of logic is the thing to her that, that drives good decisions that drives, um, you know, thoughtful decisions that are, that are best for her. But then she's like, but I also know then that that's what knowing is right. So I said to her, I said, are you open to and willing to kind of redefine something? Yeah. And she goes, yeah. And I went, I want, I would love for you to stop, you know, not stop. How did I say it? I just said, I would love for you to start seeing your knowing as logic. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Cause that's, cause those are, that's, you know, that's your, your common sense for you individual to you. Correct. Everybody else might do things differently, but your knowing is yours. So that is your logic. That's the logic for your life, your common sense. Sure. That is kind of blew her away, you know, because then it takes the confusion out of it. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're trying to do is take care of ourselves, right? We need to be functioning people in the world, surviving, but not just surviving and getting by. You want to thrive. People want to feel good. And to, to understand this language more and more deeply just gives you more tools to understand yourself. Do you like being in social situations? Yes. Okay. For how long? Maybe a couple hours, then your energy gets a little low. How can you tell your energy is getting low? Uh, maybe you get quiet and you're you know, thinking about going home and eating some food or like having a comfy time on the couch and watching a movie. Like those can be your indicators. And you say, okay, how do I need, what do I need right now? I want to just tell your friends, all right, I'm done for the night. Love you guys. Bye. And you go home where maybe in the past, somebody wouldn't do that for themselves. It can be something so tiny and simple. It's just how we all take for granted that we know when we have to go to the bathroom. Right? Yes. We've talked about this. I think you talked to me about it. And maybe Vivian. Sorry. (laughs) Great timing. (laughs) No worries. But yeah, Um, one of the I actually have forgotten that that was one of the first things I used to when I was very first teaching and sharing. That was the very one of the very first examples I would use. It's so cool and so simple. It's like you know when you have to go to the bathroom and you what do you do to take care of your body? You go. That's it. That's the sensation. And that's the response. It's simple. And so, you know, are you thirsty? Yes. Do you go get yourself a drink? Yeah. Or do you not? And if you don't, maybe get curious about why, why you want to do that. Yeah. It it can be anything. So in your experience of being in relationships, after having more awareness of your, of these, um, uh, signals in your body. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, that's where I think people can kind of go, well, that's more complex from the outside. in. it looks like it would be more complex, you know, being in a relationship. Okay, great. We've got this information. I'm, I'm feeling more attuned to, um, my, what it, you know, you know, what it feels like to feel into things and kind of, and get a sense of what I want to do, what I don't want to do. What are my boundaries? Okay. I've got that down Mm. solo, independent of other people. So from your personal experience, Arlene, of stepping into relationship with other people with this new awareness for yourself, how has that helped you? The first thing that comes to mind is um, not getting stuck or tricked in projection. Ooh, where I would be feeling something, but I would be spending all this time with this one person. And if I didn't take a moment to ground myself and understand what I was personally feeling, I would think, oh, it's them. I'm feeling this because of what this person is doing. Yes. Or, you know, oh, they've been kind of down in a low mood lately and they're really like dragging me down. This is a bummer right? Yes. And blame a person for maybe a yucky feeling I didn't want to deal with. Whereas now I can check in and say, okay, I'm feeling a little, whatever it might be. 
find out where it is, where it is in the body, take a minute. So my language all had to change too, of how I tell another person about what I'm doing. Be like, I need to take five minutes. I'm going to, you know, take a walk and figure this out. Let you know. Can you give us more specifics? Like, is it like, if you like, like, what is your common thing? Like, do you get tension in your chest? Let's say, or you get a little go, go there for me, if you don't mind. Yeah. There's what's a common one. Um, sure. Feeling a tension in my chest or just feeling kind of overwhelmed or tired. Maybe like I just need to be alone. Okay. Um, and so communicating that at first was a little bit scary. Cause I was like, Oh gosh, I hope they don't think I don't like them. I just want to go be by myself. So instead of being like, Oh, you're a bummer. <laughs> you're in a bad mood. I'm going to go be alone. Yeah. I'd say, Oh, I just need to take a little time to myself. Cause that's really all I needed in both scenarios. Right. It's not their fault. Yes. I just want to take a minute. Yes. Of solitude. Yes. And then to sort of explore and redefine ideas I had about myself as a social person or an outgoing person or like, you know, very gregarious or big energy. Maybe I had to change how I thought about that because part of that identity was me like overextending. So then when I was like, oh, I guess I need to take a lot of alone, alone time moments, a lot of solitude moments to really keep myself in balance. And Maybe that can trip people up too, where you're like, oh, I thought it was kind of a, a party person, but maybe I'm half party person, half homebody, <laughs> you know, just a little shift in how you see yourself and allowing yourself to change if you want to. Yes. It's interesting. It's just interesting. I coming at everything with curiosity and just letting it be new and allowed to be there. I, I let a lot of clients know if they having a sensation, like, okay, let's just allow it to be here. Is it comfortable? Is it uncomfortable? Is it neutral? And we use these questions to kind of just chip away and further define if you want to what's happening in your body, but everything I say is if you want to. Yeah, that's it. Was yes. that more clear to use an example? Well, cause even, yeah. Cause even to me, when you say, if you want to is yet another opportunity for somebody to feel into, uh, their yes and no, and their own boundaries. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's very meta. <laughs> it's super meta. Yeah. I try to not, this is why I check myself when I talk about it a lot, because I'm like, okay, I'm going to go into this like crazy psychedelic explanation of something or break it down into little bits, you know? Yeah. Well, cause it is very, yeah, it's everything. It's very meta. Yeah. Cause it's like, as you're having somebody notice a new feeling in their body and then at giving them permission to feel it. And then asking, would you like to go further or not? It's a lesson within a lesson. Yeah, that's yeah. it. We just let people explore and, and validate their experience. So the part of the role to me in being, being a facilitator is to know that I'm there to witness this person and to help keep them safe and grounded and say, yes, you are experiencing that. Yes, this is real. Yes, I hear what you said, and I'm going to repeat it back to you. You know, this is the way we can support and mirror each other. We do this in life for everybody that we're in contact with all day long, but it's a really intentional space and can let a person just feel a little more at ease knowing that that's the point of that session is for them to go, okay, I feel whatever. <laughs> so yeah. many things. And then I say, okay, yeah, what comes next? simple. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? Yeah. It, what I think is just so powerful too, is, um, when you said earlier that it's so helpful when people see that there's an end. Yeah. That there, cause we're so, um, we're so, uh, seduced or, um, that's not totally the word. Yes. We're seduced by these stories, but, um, the, um, the mental story you mean? Yeah. 
the mental story, but the thing that is, it's like the thing that we're the most aware of, I'll just say it that way. The most conscious of is the beginning of, 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 a of a felt sensation that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we're just like thrown, a, thrown a, around in the uncomfortable feeling frenzy. Yes. Cause I'll, you know, I'll work when I'm talking to somebody like, um, for example, a, a few weeks ago, I was talking to a client who has uh, had quite the tumultuous relationship with anxiety, right? Yeah. And she's come, I mean, she's a completely different human who I'm talking to now than I, than, you know, than when we first started, but yeah, she had some anxiety kind of, you know, rearing its ugly head and innocently. So she was kind of judging, why is this here again? You know, yeah, yeah. why am I dealing with this again? So what kind of hit, hit me in the moment to walk her through was, okay, tell me what, what happens. Okay. I, you know, I start to have a thought storm and I start to get in, you know, I start to feel that. So I start to get anxious. Okay. And I said, then what happens next? And she goes, um, then I feel horrible. I have a hard time breathing and I'm uncomfortable. Okay. Then what happens next? And you can tell she's like, I haven't thought this way. Right. I haven't even thought, thought it through. I go, then what happens next? Um, she goes, well, um, I don't know. could be minutes, could be hours, but you know, it, you know, I'm, I kind of am in that feeling for a certain amount of time and I said, okay. And then what happens next? And then she goes, well, <laughs> then maybe I'll do something to help myself or I won't. And I'm just kind of white knuckling it. And I went great. And what happens next? <laughs> yep. That's it. Yeah. Keep going. She, keep going. What happens next? And she goes, well, um, it goes away. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so I said, oh, isn't it helpful to just look at it that whether you get caught up in it or not, <laughs> your body is, do, is designed to come back into balance. Yes. So whether you get all up in the sandbox of your head and mess around and resist it and judge it, it, you know, I don't care what you do with it. It sure is helpful to know mm-hmm. whether you are taking care of yourself triumphantly or doing a terrible job in your own judgment <laughs> and just getting so caught up in it. Isn't it really helpful to notice that no matter what? the feeling moves on Mm -hmm. and your body comes back into balance. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was great. Cause then it was just all of a sudden she was like, Oh, and it's funny, you know, cause it's, you know, it's like, I mean, truly it's, I think, you know, I mean, things come up as they're supposed to come up, but you know, of, of course I had my own thinking after that session where I was like, why didn't I walk her through that? Like three months ago, (laughs) Didn't come up the same way. Yeah, that's all right. Didn't come up in the same way, you know, and it was amazing to see her anxiety levels just totally dissipate. But then here it was rearing its ugly head. And she was like, oh my God, what's wrong with me here? And I thought instead of kind of attacking it from, you know, you don't need to have judgment and stuff. I was like, wait a second, let's just look at how this thing works. Yeah. That's, that's not judging it. That's looking at it. That's looking at it. Yes. Observe. Yeah. Yeah. So so it takes the fear away. So my point is I bring this up to you because I think that's a really big foundational part of your work that is so helpful is for people to begin to really understand no matter what I am safe. Yes. That is some of the first practices we do is exploring what makes a person feel safe. Um, and it can be different from person to person, but most of the time it's presence, uh, listening, remaining um, curious and open. I mean, I think you can probably remember sometime in your life, maybe even recently, where somebody was offering you that kind of energy, being present, listening to you, and just being a non judgmental, receptive space. And you'll notice, oh, I felt really at ease with that person. Mm -hmm. That's a sense of safety. 
So even defining that and then going from there is huge, huge, just for a person to understand what it feels like to feel safe. So, so what I'm hearing from you is that it's almost like that experience that somebody, you know, if, if my listeners right now are going, oh yeah, I have had that experience Mm -hmm. where I've had somebody be really neutral and just listen. Mm -hmm. And it felt really nice. What I'm hearing from you is, is that you're kind of giving people the opportunity to see that they can do that for themselves. Exactly. It's all we can do really is do it for ourselves, but having a person see you do it and hear you do it can help that learning. Right. So also part of the, part of the thing I like about this work, it's just a transfer of tools. I just want people to get the tools and if they end up never needing to see me again, and because they get it and they can offer this to themselves, great. You have a whole new box of tools for your life. And that makes me feel great that you got to do that. Um, yeah. And again, it's not tools that are a one size fit all tool. If You're, you are mining for, for, you are helping people mine for their own tools. Yeah, exactly. Your self-trust is your main tool because when you go in and want to answer your own question and you, you notice something in your body that comes up or like, Oh, I had this idea or, Oh, that must be because of this thing that happened. You're right. That's your body. That's your feeling. You're right about yourself. And to believe your own truth and to really settle into your own self-trust is that relationship you're going to build with yourself of knowing like, oh, no, I, I do know. I know myself. I know what I need. I know what I want. And just those little bits of clarity just help navigate everything in life better. It's not like we're, you're never going to run up into another you know, little bump in the road. But you are going to come to it and be like, oh, last time this came up, I kind of like flew over it and freaked out and thought I was going to crash. But now I can just be like, boop, it's over. Fine. Yes. And what's so huge too is, you know, um, kind of what you had touched on earlier when you were saying, using the example of somebody getting to know what their own boundaries are, like, uh, like in, in being in a social setting mm-hmm. and then, and kind of starting to get a sense of their own um, signals that it's time to be done, time yeah. to move on, time to go home. Yeah. Um, what I love about it too is, you know, our wisdom, our, our inner voice, our truth, our knowing, I'm, we're saying all that we're pointing in the same direction for yeah. all the words. <laughs> yeah. Um, is constantly changing. So, you know, it's like, that's why I love what you do also is that, you know, and it feels so in sisterhood with what, with what I'm pointing to also with people is, um, we get so, we, we so easily can get into labeling things or identifying with these belief systems in our head about, you know, what we think is true about us. And then gosh, darn it. If you're in an experience where your felt sense Mm -hmm. is actually in contradiction to what you believed about yourself or what you thought was true about you, that's when you can get yourself all confused. Yes. So I love that what you're talking about here is that it really is again, learning to listen to, to a place that's so much deeper. It's before thought it's before thought, right? It's that beautiful sense of, of knowing in yourself that really allows you to navigate circumstances that are familiar and whatever fits for you in that moment, even if it's different every time. And then of course, circumstances that are absolutely new to you, you've never been in before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the information source doesn't go anywhere. It's you. Yeah. It's your approach. It's your choice. But helping people figure out what their choices are is incredible. Just to, I think, I mean, you, yes. I think if there is ever a line that has ever stood out to me so strongly about what you do is, I teach people how to understand the language of their own body. Yeah. 
I mean, that is so profound, you know, because like, you, you know, I mean, it's so true because it is unique to each and every one of us. Yeah. What might be a signal for me, you may never get that same signal. Mm -hmm. You are lean. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of our confusion too. We are in a world where we have, we are inundated with information all day long or or people's opinions or um, the influences of our friends and family, whatever it might be. You're looking, you're comparing yourself all the time. What is that thing we say? Compare and despair. Yes. You're getting all this information and you think, oh, do I need to apply this to me? Do I need to try that that way? Should I copy them? Should I try what they're doing? What is it? And really to learn the language of your own body means to defer to yourself. Even if you really, even if your mind was really convinced like, oh, that's the thing I should be doing. Just try it on. If it doesn't feel right, it's probably not for you. And that's okay. Because we are that different. I love that. Just try it on. Yeah, try it on. That's for my friend JP. Try it on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's so true, you know, because it's so it immediately to me, the feeling that comes with that is that it takes the pressure off. Yeah. Nothing binds you, know? you forever. No, nothing can. That is not even the nature of life. This isn't forever either. Yes. Try it all. <laughs> <laughs> Do whatever you want. <laughs> you know? It, yeah. Do something. If it feels bad, stop doing it. <laughs> I mean, simple. we giggle because it's so simple and it's right under our nose. Yeah. But it's it takes looking in this direction to see the simplicity. Yeah. Because before you look in this direction of looking at your true self, looking at the constant, which is your knowing, you know, thought goes a million ways at a million different speeds all the time. Mm -hmm. So that is that, you know, we always go there to resource information and it's like going out to a family of rats and say, which one do you, which one of you has the right answer <laughs> as they all scatter in a million different directions. <laughs> they all scattered. Who do I talk to? Who do I follow? <laughs> Who's got the right answer? Right. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. I love that. Yeah. It is that crazy. Yeah. Whereas when you start to notice like, Oh, wait, I have the answer in a deeper place and that channel never disappears, mm-hmm. never goes anywhere, never, you know, f- um, what's the word, uh, you know, falters, you know, yeah. you know, cause the more, like you said, like how, you know, it made you teary to say how you're trusting yourself more. It's unbelievable because that to me is when I start to say it starts to get into the magic of life. Because mm-hmm. the more that you actually get used to and familiar with that, you're knowing and what that feels like in your body and getting to know the signals in your body and becoming less and less afraid um, of all of your sensations and your experiences inside your body, the more that you start to listen and follow it is that's when it starts to feel like life is a little magical because things work out in in such uh with such a sense of ease as opposed to struggle and you know yeah it's also helping to give yourself what you want and if you want a, a sense of ease in your life you can get it you can have it just figure out what works for you. Explore yourself. I ask people when they come in, um, you know, is there anything that you want to work on today or what is it that you want to do? And if they have an answer for that, great. And then if whatever that answer is, I then ask, and how will you know when you've achieved it? Fabulous. And it just to shift their perspective to who am I with this thing that I want? When I have, when I attain it, 
So there's already this idea that you will attain it. Then who am I? And that transformation is possible. How you going, how you're going to get there? Eh, let's try some stuff. We'll see what happens. That's it. Yes. I get how that can be really scary. I think everybody can get how that would be really scary to pick this idea and say, I want this thing and I'm going to become something else or someone else. That might be a little scary to imagine, but if you really want it, you can try it. Yes. (laughs) I sound pretty funny and basic right now, but I, you know. Oh, you're not sounding basic at all. Yeah. It's just, um, there's a lot to the exploration process and that's a whole other approach, right? It's like, okay, so I want to try to become this other thing or, or solve this thing in my life. What does that look like for me? And then you have to continually do this process of like, try a thing. Did it work for me? How did it feel? When did it end? Um, did I like it or not? And you do that again and again and again, and you're chipping away. Yes. And at some point you just are like, Oh, I got it. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. So before we tell people how they can find you, I have one final question for you. Oh, well, we're already here at the end. I know it flies. <laughs> it flies. <laughs> so Arlene Deradorian. Yes. Arlene Marie Deradorian. <laughs> what moves you? Hmm. It's funny. Cause I, you know, I'm a, devoted listener to your podcast. So I've heard you ask everybody this question. Um, um, I think what really moves me is inspiration is to see, is to see and know something else and you see it and it it exists and you're like, I want to feel that. I want to do that. It's like having a little roadmap or something that life just hands you it's like look this is something that you love you can have it and to just bravely dive into that feeling or to just go after something that moment of inspiration where you're like oh that's the direction i'm going i'm going to go there that's what moves me i think (laughs) already just bawling <laughs> I'm like don't look at me <laughs> and it's I mean and Arlene it is so such a moving thing to even say I think for people to hear because the idea that whatever is inspiring to them means that that's something that is they can um, be it they are it yes yeah. And to hear that and to, to, to know that is huge. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> where. <laughs> All right. Today's inspiration. <laughs> little cup of so. tea. <laughs> <laughs> Where can, where can people find you to either give you a call to talk about wanting to learn more about what you talked about today or, you know, how how can people find you? Um, I am just, just completing a website. um, So people can email me there. It's called the somaticpresent.com. And right now it's probably just going to be my picture and some very basic information in my email. Uh, eventually I'll get into being able to schedule and all the extra bells and whistles, but, um, that's it for now. And it'll grow from there. So if you are listening to this podcast of December in December of 2021, yes. <laughs> you will be, a, a, you will find a landing page with all contact information at the somaticpresent.com. Yes. From if you are in 2022 and on, 
likely you will find more information if you go to <laughs> somaticpresent.com. Well put, well put. Thank you. You forget that these that these podcasts live in infamy. So yes, true. Yeah, and everything starts somewhere, right? So I'm yes. at my little, my little jumping off spot. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, gosh darn it, this was just as wonderful as I thought it would be. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. An absolute delight, of course. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, again, um, uh, everyone out there, I hope that you got something out of this. I know I have, and I'm. I there were lots of little points in my own hairs coming up on my arms. So I'm sure that there are things that people have taken away, but thank you so much again for coming on Arlene. I love you so much. I love you. Thank you so much for having me. It is truly an honor. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. All right. Talk to to you soon. (laughs) Thank you for listening to what moves you with Jesse. Let's stay connected. You can find more ideas and strategies on being human on my Instagram at what moves you with Jesse sign up for my newsletter or learn more about working with me at what moves you with and please rate and review the show and let us know what you think and what resonated I read every single review they mean so much to me you can also call in on our hotline with your thoughts on what resonated there too it is always live at 818 818- 646-JESS. That's 818-646-JESS. What Moves You with Jesse is produced by Mike McGraw and Tinker City Music. Now, let's take a deep breath and give ourselves permission to live in this moment for what truly moves you.